Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What does it mean to be a peacemaker, and how do we actively make peace with others in the world? How does our ability to be at peace with God affect our ability to be peacemakers with our friends? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. While most of the Beatitudes are about Christian character and the disposition of the heart of the Christian, this Beatitude is one of the few that speaks directly about actions. Jesus states that peacemakers, those who actively make peace, are blessed. Christians are called to actively bring an end to hatred and animosity, establishing peace in a world full of anger. As Christians, we are invited to make peace in every single aspect of our relational lives. This includes our relationship with God and with others but it also involves an active pursuit of peace on behalf of our friends, helping to mend broken relationships between others and between God. So let's look at each of these four parts of peacemaking separately. First, we are called to make peace between ourselves and God. Before we can make peace between others, we must first be at peace with the very source of peace, God. In the Bible, The result of sin is often depicted as creating enmity between God and humanity. In their desire to seek their own will above God's, human beings declare themselves hostile to God and hostile to the purposes of God. One cannot be neutral towards God. Either one is for God or they are against God. If one pursues their own desires and desires of the world above God, then they are enemies of God. Ephesians 2, for instance, states that humanity has chosen to follow the ways of the world, and as such they are deserving of the wrath of God. Fortunately for us, Jesus Christ has come to bring forgiveness of sins to those who believe in him and follow him as Lord and God. And with this, forgiveness comes the establishment of peace between us and God. The Bible states that Jesus Christ is the peacemaker between us and God. When we trust Jesus and turn to him, we begin to experience this deep-seated peace with God for the first time. And it is out of this peace that we can then begin to make peace with others. Second, we are called to make peace between ourselves and others. Once we experience the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and begin to be at peace with God, we can then turn to look at our relationships and seek to establish peace with all of those with whom there is tension or animosity. Conflict is inevitable in the deepest of relationships. The more we get to know someone, the greater chance that something they say or do will offend us, 
and the greater chance that some disagreements will arise. If if such conflicts are not addressed, real animosity and even hatred might develop between friends and neighbors. This can especially happen in a church community, since churches are places where deep friendships are cultivated. Unfortunately, when such conflicts arise, it is easy to forego the path of peace, instead choosing to distance ourselves from the conflict and gossip about those who have offended us. Jesus, however, is calling us in the Beatitudes to take the harder path of peacemaking. Rather than downgrading our friendships and gossiping, we are invited to actively attempt to make peace with those we are in conflict with. Jesus will go on in the Sermon on the Mount to give practical advice for doing this. There he will command Christians to go directly to the person whom they are in conflict with, asking for forgiveness and granting forgiveness in the process. If this conflict mediation fails, then they are asked to take a friend or two with them or even a pastor to help them bring about forgiveness and healing. When such peacemaking efforts are successful, one will find that the friendship that is repaired is often stronger than it was before the conflict. The experience of making peace forges stronger and more durable relationships. We know this to be true intuitively. Our closest relationships are typically with those people whom we have gone through conflict with, parents, siblings, spouses. And it's precisely because we have worked through this conflict to establish peace that such relationships have grown. Not only are Christians called to make peace between themselves and others, they're also at times invited to help make peace between others as well. When Christians see their friends or their neighbors quarreling, they are called to intermediate when they can, encouraging rivals to sit down together to work through their differences and to be at peace with one another. This is something that is all too easy for Christians to neglect. Often we are so focused on the conflicts happening around the globe that we forget about the conflicts happening down the street. We resist getting involved in the tangible conflicts around us, even though these are typically those conflicts that we are more able to help establish peace. There are times, however, that Christians are given opportunities to be peacemakers on a broader scale, working within their communities to bring an end to hatred and to establish peace. I have known pastors who have intervened to bring peace in gang conflicts, others who have worked to mend hostilities between different ethnic groups. All of these possibilities are made available once one is at peace with God. Finally, Christians are invited to help others make peace with God. This Christians do through evangelism. By proclaiming that Jesus Christ has enabled peace to be had between humanity and God, Christians extend to their friends the opportunity to receive this peace by professing faith in Jesus Christ. One of the reasons we share our faith with others is that we want to help to repair their relationship with God. Often, however, this is not how we think of evangelism. Too often we 
Think of evangelists like traveling salesmen. The traveling salesman goes door-to-door engaging in awkward conversations in an attempt to sell people products or gadgets that will make their lives a little bit more comfortable. Similarly, we can tend to think of evangelism as the engagement in uncomfortable conversations in which we just try to show how Jesus can make one's life a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more pleasant. This is not, however, how the Bible often depicts evangelism. Evangelism is much more like peacemaking. A peacemaker sees individuals whose lives are broken due to failed and fractured relationships. They want desperately for individuals to experience the fullness of life that comes when they have experienced repaired and restored relationships. Christians likewise see their neighbors as lost and broken without Jesus. They share their faith because they want to see their friends healed and restored to a right relationship with the God of the universe, the only source of true, lasting, and eternal peace. It is out of this longing for our friends to experience eternal peace that bold, joyful, and loving evangelism proceeds. Now, Jesus says that peacemakers will be called children of God. When we've made peace with God through Jesus Christ, we become the adopted children of God. Adoption is a term that is used throughout the Bible to describe those who have confessed faith in Christ. Someone who is adopted is received into a family and given all the powers and privileges of all other children in that family. They move from being outside of a family to inside a family. The best adoptive parents know that they are to treat their adopted children just as well as their biological children. There is, in the end, no difference of status between adopted and biological children. For those who are adopted as children of God, they can trust that God will treat them as an intimate part of his family. They are no longer outsiders, but insiders, receiving all the same love and attention as any other Christian who is part of God's family. Those who have become adopted children of God are given the joyful invitation to then become peacemakers themselves, to give to their friends the same opportunity to make peace with God and enter into God's family. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us. That will go a long way in helping us reach others. To connect further, you can visit us on Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod, or you could send us an email at thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless.